So my final summary on Titanic is that there was enough space on the door to fit both Rose and Jack for both of them to survive. <laughs> Angus, what are you doing here? Dr. Jeremiah, you must come with me now. We are teaching you magic. Um, I'm currently in the middle of a class right now, Angus. Can no! I, I made you a deal. If you helped me find a job, I would teach you magic. Now come with me! All right, class. I expect a I expect a three page paper on why Leonardo DiCaprio deserved to win an Oscar way before The Revenant, and which movie he deserved his Oscar for before The Revenant. Class dismiss. Come here, Doctor Jeremiah. I am going to teach you your first spell. I was able to find your earthly counteractives for my ingredients for a simple butterfly summoning. Oh, okay, a butterfly summoning, that sounds nice. Yes, but these are intelligent butterflies. They will do anything you say for exactly two hours. Okay, I don't know what I could tell a butterfly to do in a two-hour time span, but hey, you know, when in Rome, we'll figure something out. Let us begin. Get your Bunsen burner out. Okay, um, oh, there's my Bunsen burner. We're in the middle of making magic. Yes! Go away, Professor! We are teaching Dr. Jeremiah here magic. I swear, people are rude. Exactly. Now get your vial out and start putting this ammonium nitrate in here. Uh, ammonium nitrate? That's very dangerous, Angus. Yes! Put it in there! Okay. Just. You know. Oh god, I'm very nervous right now. Yes, now that you have it three quarters full, I want you to put these three blades of grass in. Three blades of grass? Yes, three blades of grass. That's weirdly very specific. Why three blades of grass? Just do what I say! Okay, okay, wow, jeez. One, two, three. All right, now I want you to put in your brown sugar. Exactly one fourth cup. Already pre-measured for you. <laughs> Okay, one-fourth cup. Are, are we making, like, brownies or something right now? No! Continue on. Okay, brown sugar. I'm and I'm pouring the brown sugar. Now, I want you to put in this little vial of rat poison. Oh, God. Rat poison? Yes, rat poison. Are, are you trying to kill me? No. Trust me, you will not be ingesting this. I'm... Okay, I'm doing this. I'm very cautious about it. The red poison is entered. Alright. Now for your final ingredient. I want you to put in this little butterfly stuffed animal. Okay. That I stole from the three-year-old. Oh, Angus. What? Don't steal toys from three-year-olds. You had a daycare center here in your university. I had no choice. Oh, God. Security's going to be all up on my ass on this. Fine. Putting the stuffed butterfly that you stole from a child in the vial. I shall teach you how to read our incantations later. But I will lead upon it. Meliaeron Telenion 
Naldrion Tavalios Alorasi Rinal! Oh god. Uh, that was not supposed to happen. Angus? Why did you make a dinosaur? Obviously, your ingredients from this realm is highly inaccurate. Where, where did you get these ingredients? I stole them from the chemistry lab, of course. Oh, god damn. Now where security's really going to be on me. You stole from my university. But listen, I came here because we were supposed to be doing podcasting today. And I just happened to find your chemistry lab and wanted to teach you magic first. I, I, I knew I owed you, and... Wait, what are you doing here, Bobbit? Master! Bobbit! How... Master! It's been so long! Where have you been? Bobbit, I am so happy to see you. What are you doing here? I do not know. I was in the woods searching, and then the small... Dr. Jeremiah, what have I told you about summoning other individuals from other realms? What are you talking about? I just did the ingredients you gave me. Listen here, we will be discussing this later. Bobbit, it is wonderful to see you, and I'm glad you're here. But we are currently busy right now. Who are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am the Enchilant, the Peculiar... The searcher for my lord, Angus the Death Hand. My liege, it has been so long. Where have you been? Ugh. And why do you look like that? What? I'm wearing what I normally wear. You are missing your horns and your luscious wing. <sighs> wait, 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 wait. You had horns and wings before? Wing! Well... He was... He was strong enough to fly with one wing! Well... If you want to see my wing... Oh, oh god. They're, they're so... Master! In his glory! You must bow! You uh, insolent fool! Oh, oh god. Like, this is new and utterly frightening. Angus... No, he does not need to bow. He is of this realm and I am a guest in his dwellings. The reason why I left was because after the Great War, I was cursed. Obviously, things have gotten worse in the realm of Grindaria since I've left. I knew we did not win the war. My sister took the throne. Tell me, what are your forces doing now? There are no more forces. There is only a handful of us that were searching for your master. Obviously, I must make my return to the home realm, but I am cursed. My sister placed a curse on me where I am forced to travel from realm to realm, and I can only stay in a realm for a period of time before I am unfortunately trapped to dwell within another realm again. What is needed to break this curse, Master? I, I will fetch it! Unfortunately, I don't know. I do not know the incantation. Father used alternative magic that I am unaware of. If you can find the answers, I can provide you the incantation for if ever we shall cross paths again. I will never leave your side, Master. 
I am, this is I vow. I am grateful for this, and I am looking forward to having you as my companion once again. Tell me, what of the others that traveled with us? Where is our cleric? Where is our sorcerer supreme? We split up as soon as we found out you were missing. We have been searching all over the land to find you. And Lady Serene, tell me what's happened to her. She is locked up in her castle. Curses. She is trying to use Lady Serene against me. I knew our alliance would end up being a thorn in my side. I will have vengeance upon my sister! Vengeance shall be had! Vengeance shall be had! You insolent fool, you be quiet! Well, Angus, he is definitely from your home planet, I can tell. Since you're here, I will need your assistance with this podcast that we are performing. My liege, your command. Dr. Jeremiah, I know you have shown me this rock movie, but I did happen to bring your laptop and all of the equipment. Might we do it here in the chemistry lab? I mean, you know, after letting a dinosaur loose in the chem lab, I feel like perfectly fine to set up our podcast and do it here. Yes, let us do it! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Dr. P.F. Jeremiah and his Infernal Roommate podcast. I am your host, Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. Alongside my co-host, Angus the Death Hand. That is right, mortals, I am Angus the Death Hand. Fully employed now, future conqueror of the realm of Earth. But it is my ultimate desire once I've taken over this planet that I will return to my home realm of Grindaria and free it from captivity from my sister. <laughs> Master, your laugh. What has happened to it? My dear Bobbit, you do not understand what it is like to be cursed traveling from realm to realm. Not able to make a home, not being able to save your realm for over... 1,283 Grandarian cycles. You have been missed, Master. Well, I will tell you this. We have a guest upon our podcast today. His name is Bobbit. Please, introduce yourself. I am Bobbit, the procurer, the searcher, the gatherer of my lord Angus the Death Hand. So... Our audience, and really specifically myself, are very interested in the fact of, how did you wind up with the name Bobbert? Because you insolent fool, your language cannot comprehend the pronunciation of my name. So my lord has deemed me Bobbert. You will soon understand. After teaching you magic, I will teach you the Infernal Scribe. I shall teach you how to read Infernal language so that way you may become one of us. Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. Honestly, at this point, if it can help me get me a date, I'll consider that a success. Oh, we shall get you more than dates. <clears throat> you can have all 
of the nuts you require. But you shall! But you shall more than nuts! You shall have a feast for glorious warriors and all the women you desire! Will they be redheads? Dr. P.F. Jeremiah, you will get every red-headed lady you desire when I am done with you. Ooh, I tingle with excitement. I fear that you do not take me serious. <clears throat> Bobbit, tell him what I can do. You insolent fool, the master has no fathom of his power. He can grant any wishes he would command. We can grant wishes? Well... I, my associates may be overselling me just a, a little bit, but I do have power. And as soon as once I return to my home realm and be rid of this curse, I will be able to grant you desires beyond your comprehension. And when I leave and conquer this realm, I will leave it to you as my high general. Can you start by fixing my stereo that you broke a couple of weeks ago? Mortal! I am granting you unlimited power, infinite resources, and you're only worried about your stereo. Well, no, that'll be nice in the near distant future, but, like, how am I going to listen to my Britney Spears CDs without a stereo? Listen, I shall acquire you Britney Spears herself and the Bieber. Not the Bieber, just the Spears. The Bieber, the little buck tooth. Singer that I've heard so much about. Can we substitute the Bieber for the Aguilera? I can acquire you the Aguilera. You shall be dating her by the time we are done. <clears throat> Angus, why didn't you say this before? Because there is so much more that you do not know about me. That is correct, Angus. For every one question that you've answered, I now have seven new ones that are in my head. So anyway, Doctor, while Bobbert is here, we might as well introduce to him movies. That's correct, Bobbert. Uh, Angus told me um, some of the entertainment on your homeworld of Grindaria. You mind specifying a little something else that he that you that he might have forgot to mention? Well, there are the gladiator fights, running with ferrets. Ferret running. You never mentioned this. Yes, ferret running. There's a three-legged race you must complete. Your hand is tied to one leg, and you are forced to run with your left hand, your left leg, and your right leg and right hand tied together, and you race with ferrets. Now, if you are able to outrun the ferrets, you are deemed champion for the entire day, and all your desires that are comprehensible shall be granted. But should you lose... Your head is sliced open and then fed to the ferrets for feasting. Well, alrighty then. And of course, there is financial prizes as well. Normally, it's about 200 platinum, enough to acquire you an, a decent house and, you know, comfortable leaving arrangements for the rest of your pathetic human lives. Is but there a trophy? No, no trophy. We don't believe in trophies in our realm. There are metals, but... Uh, I, I don't think that you would be earning of a medal such as this. Oh, that hurt my feelings. You have no feelings, Doctor. So, shall we introduce the rock 
to our fine new friend for our podcast? Uh, yeah, might as well. Are you ready for this action-packed adventure, Bobbert? If the Lord commands it so, it shall be so. And here we go! When General Francis X. Hummel and a group of highly trained Marines hold 81 hostage on the most famous deactivated prison in the U.S. with some of the worst chemical weapons known to mankind, it is up to a team of highly trained Navy SEALs with the help of chemical weapons expert Stanley Goodspeed and the only man to ever escape Alcatraz prison, John Mason. Will they succeed? Will they fail? Let's find out together. Welcome to The Rock. The Rock is a 1996 action movie directed by Michael Bay, starring Sir Sean Connery as John Mason, Nicolas Cage as Stanley Goodspeed, Ed Harris as General Francis X. Hummel, David Morse as Major Tom Baxter, William Forsythe as FBI agent Ernest Paxton, and the Candyman himself, Tony Todd, as Captain Darrow. I have a question before we start your introduction of the movie, Dr. Jeremiah. This Sir Sean Connery, what makes him a knight? What makes him a noble hero who has gone out of his way to save lives? He's a good actor. Acting is not an acquired skill that you just go out and you be heroic. Saving innocent children, going on adventures, acquiring vast amounts of treasure, slaying your stereotypical dragon. You tell me what this Sean Connery has done that has made him so heroic. He was a secret agent. Um, he was a cowboy who saved, who saved children. He saved 81 hostages from a group of mercenary... Lies! That was all! B.S. Storytelling! Oh, he was also a part of an extraordinary team of gentlemen and one lady. No one cares about that film, Dr. Jeremiah. How do you know it was a film? Knowing you, it would probably end up being a film in your collection. It actually is. <sighs> so in other words, he's nothing more than a man of lies. Typical for this realm. But he's a good liar. A talented liar. Do you not see what I am having to put up with here, Bobbert? This is a realm of lies and deception. How come you have not taken over yet, Master? Because unfortunately, they have weapons here that can literally disintegrate you. I have to be very tactful of what I need. And I also need to get my army here as well. He's also distracted with root beer and pizza. Shut up, Dr. Jeremiah. No one needs to know about rupee and pizza right now. Yes, you insolent fool. Shut up. Anyway, you may continue. I feel so ganged up right now. This hurts my feelings. You have no feelings. Continue, mortal. Doctor. Yes, Bobbert? This candy man you speak of, where can I find him? Probably in California. Where is that from here? About yeah. Yes, Dr. Jeremiah. California must be the first place that we acquire if we are to favor the humans in our takeover. Do you really need California? Why? What is wrong with California? Nothing, nothing. Just 
It is one of the largest states in the United States. I thought it was your Alaska that was the biggest state. Biggest, yes. Not really a very populated state. But yeah, yeah, let's go to California first. We'll, we'll do California. Master, the minions must be in the thousands. Of course, they must have a lot of people there willing to join our cause. And I'm sure that we can come up with enough finances to gain their favor. Or we can just enslave them, Master. You've got to be tactful with these humans. Like I said, they have unique weapons that we do not have in our home realm. They could disintegrate us within seconds. But we have the ferrets, Master. You are right. We do have the ferrets. Perhaps they would be of service to us. We need to get you back to the home realm so we can open a portal and acquire all of the ferrets back in the Eastlands over by the Bloodstone Catacombs. If ferrets are what you're looking for, I can take you to a pet store and get some ferrets. You are telling me that you have eight-foot-tall, sharp, razor-clawed ferrets? Well, not eight-foot-tall, sharp, razor-clawed ferrets. We do have tiny, adorable ferrets that make cute pets. ferrets are not adorable, you... (laughs) Ferrets are vicious! Vicious animals! They are only used for sieging! And enslaving the weak, you insolent fool. Your baby ferrets are garbage compared to the Lord's ferrets. The vicious beasts. Fangs. A fury. Well, Bobbert, you might have eight-foot-tall, razor-clawed, sharp, vicious ferrets, but you know what we Earthlings have? Twitter. Boom. You're canceled. You have no... What is this? Twitter he talks about. They have this thing here called... Twitter. You use it to market yourself upon their thing called the web. The web is some sort of interconnected line where they are able to communicate with each other and watch movies such as what we have just witnessed. And I must tell you, it is a very elaborate and intricate thing that I am starting to only dwell upon. It is magic that I have not been quite able to fathom. Master, would you like me to procure this internet for you i would appreciate that but it is more intricate than i can imagine you see this laptop here apparently there are infinite amount of laptops that are intrawebbed throughout i must say this magic it still fathoms me and they don't even call it magic they call it technology i i hate to break up this thrilling debate between the two interdimensional best buddies right now but we do have a podcast that we're doing and we're supposed to be talking about a movie right now so can we just kind of kibosh this and save it for later you insolent fool how dare you disturb the master no no interrupted him no no he is fine we shall allow it for now as you wish so since we have a guest on our on this episode i want to ask bobbert what did you think of this movie I found you weak against diseases. I found it curious. Are you guys not immune to poisons? Unfortunately, we're not. Although I must say there, Doctor, you do have quite the amount of antidotes. In our realm, we do not need to stab ourselves in the heart in order to uh, be cured of our diseases or our poisons. All we have to do is just simply drink a vial, chant an incantation, 
But no, you humans need to go elaborate and stabbing yourselves in the heart with a big giant needle. What is wrong with you humans? Well, Angus, that big giant needle that we inject in our heart is basically our incantation. But we don't do any hubba-bubba, whirly-girly, hocus-pocus. It's just... But that is not what I had witnessed in the film. He was cursing and not wanting to stab himself. I thought that was the incantation. Well, he was technically more distracted about the C4 explosive that he was trying to deactivate and not having the entire building he was in blow up to smithereens. So he didn't have time to do his incantation. Bobbit, I must say... Back in our home realm, we did not need to worry about injections the way they did. did what You are a military expert. Did your forces ever come in contact with poisons, poisonous creatures? Many, my lord. We've faced thousands of poisonous creatures, but we never needed to stick ourselves. We had our healers, our clerics but never impale ourselves on a flimsy piece of metal. We also have druids. These are individuals that live in the realms, the forests, the jungles. They are able to just not have to worry because they are immune to poisons. Or they are able to gather little trinkets of nature, mix it together, maybe some incantation. And then they are able to self-heal from most poisons. Well, Angus, we do have healers, but they're not the, the magical healers where they wave their hand and instantaneously better. We have doctors. They help us heal, but unfortunately, our mortalness, it takes time to properly heal a human body. Yes, I have seen this in our home realm. We do have normal, what they call surgeons, that go from house to house, healing those who have to be cut open and gutted and removed of organs and tissues and the occasional lobotomy but magic is so much better easier and definitely less messy <clears throat> i wanted to go over your weapons tell me something why is it that you need these rockets or these missiles to cause damage in our realm we are able to just chant we have items that can just wave and we are able to just cause our explosions or do our instantaneous kills that way. It seems that your methods of trying to eliminate the foes are more complicated than it needs to be. There are too many steps, Master. Not really. There, there's really only a couple steps. I have dangerous. I have weapon. I have missiles launched at very populated cities that will kill thousands upon thousands of people, pay me money, or press button, and I shoot rocket. <laughs> yes, but my master can kill people. Snap a finger. Well, technically we can too. Like I said, just press a button and snap. Mortal, you require buttons. We are not cowards like your military that need to stay off far. We face our enemies head on. We go straight into battle, and we are willing to smite our foes instantaneously. We do not need to capture or have hostages, and 
rely on your telephones to, in order to create communication. We go straight onto the enemy. We look them in the face and we are ready to declare our battle head on. <coughs> Bobbit! Tieflings are demon races and you are a high-ranking member of your army. What are your thoughts on the way these humans do battle? I find that the race here is cowardless and not facing their enemies face on in the heat of the battle. How they rely on technology and missiles and this gas. More curious, Doctor. How did this so-called general been able to walk into a facility that, that held this VX gas so easily and then take it? Well, pretty simple. He got in under the camouflage of being a highly ranked general in the United States Marines. He was there. He was saying he was there under the inspection of the weapons, was smart and used tranquilizer darts instead of bullets to incapacitate the soldiers, go in, take their missiles, and successfully steal these weapons without actually harming any of these United States Marines. So he was smart and he was cunning. Ah, uh, yes, Doctor, but if he was stealing these missiles to kill people, why didn't he just continue and started killing with these soldiers at this base? It sounds, sounds cowardice and weak to not kill them. I think it's more or less not cowardice, but more or less that he doesn't want any more dead soldiers on his conscience. So it's more of less nobility than cowardice. But doctor, it shows that he is not willing to go forth with what he has planned, even from the beginning of the movie. If he is not willing to kill the people guarding the weapon, he is not willing to kill people that he is holding hostage with this gas. I must say, he is technically correct. In our realm, soldiers are mere disposable body counts for us. We gather our forces by the thousands, and whoever dies, dies. We do not care if there are injured civilians, dead civilians, dead soldiers. We just do not care. Our high-ranking officials are the ones who are the intelligent ones. Our minions have no brains. They are just the brawn. And I can definitely tell you, we do not care about them. Angus, I'm kind of appalled at how callous and heartless you treat your soldiers that fight for you in battle. They do not fight for me. My demonic race, they don't fight for me. They fight for my father. And his race, the tieflings, well, let's just say they don't care about each other. They're only doing what he says is because, you know, he has earned the title. He has earned the rank that he has earned because he survived the longest. Every day I spend with you, Angus, I learn more and more about you. It's intriguing and horrifying all at the same time. It is glorious, you insolent pig. You do not talk to him like that. Can we also continue on our conversation between Goodspeed and his supposed girlfriend? She conned him into a wedlock. All she had to do was just say, Oh, look, I'm having a baby. You need to marry me now. Well, Angus, we do have a term for that on our home planet. It's called a shotgun wedding. And I will tell you, we do not even have union ceremonies like you do on your realm. Who agrees to marriage? 
Marriage in our realm is nothing more than a form of symbolism. You do not need to have a papered document. Spend nearly your entire financial income on this ceremony. And you definitely do not need to go on some vacation just to be able to get away. You continue on with your life. All you do is you go, you value your commitment to your significant partner, and you move on. That is it. I was trying to remember, are you married, Bobbit? No, I am not. I do have concubines, though, my lord. Ah, concubines. Tell me, if we were to go back to the Infernal Plane, you and me, where's the best place to find concubines now? Ah, master, the best place to find them are at the Demon's Third Horn. Now, okay, you've piqued my curiosity, Bobbert. What happened to Horns 1 and 2? We do not discuss the horns one or two! Vile human! Do you not understand that the third horn has high significance? No one cares about the first or the second. Most races have both only one and two horns. But when you have your third horn, this signifies that you have high power. And that you have achieved an ultimate rank of magic and nobility. So, Angus, if having your third horn is supposed to be this high high and mighty establishment on the Grindarian planet, I don't see any horns on you. So where are your horns? You insolent fool! We are talking about our infernal plane. How dare you question the Lord on his horns! His glorious horns! You fool! I hold more power in the palm of my pinky than you do with all of your armies and your so-called I need to press the button air quotations. I need to get more doctors on this show to level the playing field. We just had a doctor on your last episode. Why do you need more doctors? Your doctors could not even save the lives of these Fools with the, the with the pimples coming out of their faces. The exposure to these little green orbs. Apparently, they cannot even survive the little... Uh, oh, so, not to cut you off, Angus, but those weren't pimples on his face. That was his skin melting off his body. You humans and your special effects. I do not understand this. But I do want to go over the characters. Mr. Goodspeed was a very bland character. He only seemed to know one set of skill, and he did not even want to go on this mission. He had no combat skills. You literally have a main character who served basically no point. There was no character development. All he wanted to do was just go on with his mediocre life. Well, to be fair to our chemical weapons specialist, Dr. Goodspeed, like he said in the movie, he lives a very dull, uneventful life. He drives a Volvo, a beige one. But at the time, he was dealing with the most volatile, dangerous substance known to mankind. Being the fact that this was his first situation in any kind of dangerous combat situation, why don't we cut the poor man a little slack and give him a break? I find this good speed weak. I find him unintelligent in 
any aspect of the world he lived in other than this chemical warfare. Listen here, Dr. Jeremiah. In our realm, people actually had to do work for a living. All he has to do is play with green orbs, mix some stuff together in a vial, and he's able to go off into his comfy lifestyle for the rest of the evening. Some of us have to work. Some of us have to kill people to make a living. Do you know what that's like? Well, personally, I don't know what it's like to kill people, but I know of, I know of specialties that involve murdering for money. Ah, the humanity. Such a wonderful sound. And your thoughts of good speed? Since you've gone out of your way to defend him? Well, I think good speed was a decent character. Being that he's being portrayed by the madman Nicolas Cage, he's always a very sporadic and over-the-top actor. But I think that adds to his charm and likability, where he could play dull, generic, boring guys and still have a little bit of pizzazz and personality to him. That's the wonders of Nicolas Cage. Now let's talk about John Mason, the unfortunate man who was arrested, but was the only one who was ever successfully able to escape from Alcatraz. Tell me, Bobbert, Angus, what are your thoughts on John Mason? He's the one that had the hair? Yes, that is correct. The hair and the glorious accent. He was the greatest character in that show. Show? Movie. You called it a movie. The way he took care of his captor by throwing him over the railing and having him dangle. That was, that was awesome. The only thing is he should have dropped him. That's what I would have done. Although there were a couple of choices that I would have done a little bit better. I would have held... After he... I would have, after he had thrown him over the ledge... I would have used him as a hostage myself and demand to have my or demand to have contact with my daughter immediately before I agreed to go on any mission. Because I could tell you escape is easy from these mortals. And he seemed to be a very good master of escape. Well, another rare moment on this podcast. I'm going to have to agree with Angus. John Mason was kind of in the rare opportunity where he had all the advantage to get what he wanted. So I'm very surprised that he didn't actually negotiate to see his daughter before he went on this mission. Or else he wouldn't assist in saving these hostages from the evil marines that took over Alcatraz prison with these dangerous weapons. If I were John Mason, I would be like, I will not assist you on your mission. Unless I get to see my daughter one more time. If you do not give me what I this one request, I will politely ask that you go screw yourself. And then, of course, we have our final character that I wish to bring up. Hummel. General Hummel. Quite the leader. He was able to tactfully break into this facility, gather his weapons, and leave. The tranquilizing I did not understand. I would have ended my foes then and there. But I will also tell you this. He is a coward. Trying to save lives. Merely bluffing that you were going to use chemical weapons. What kind of idiot doesn't have a follow through? If it were me, I would have acted upon it quicker. 
you know, not having the proper funeral rites for your men, that is a disgrace in our realm. Our beliefs are that you, if you smite your foes, you do give them a proper send-off when possible. But, I want to ask you, Bobbit, what were your thoughts of Hummel? I found Hummel as a coward, not willing to sacrifice the many to please the few. And if it were me, I would have either A, just kill all the hostages anyway, even if I did get what I wanted. That's useless to me now. Dr. Jeremiah, do you not have times where you are just willing to say, I don't care, be gone with you. You are no longer of any meaning to me. I mean, people tend to have those moments every now and again, but unfortunately, we have unfortunate ramifications where if we do that, we have prisons. <clears throat> and I don't really want to share a cell with Bubba. Bobbert! You don't, you don't want to share a cell with Bobbert? No, not, not Bobbert. Bubba. Who is Bubba? And why have I not been introduced to this? He's a very large, scary man in a prison who thinks I have a pretty mouth. We are breaking into this Alcatraz, and we shall recruit this Bubba for our forces of the Death Hand. Angus. Angus. Alcatraz prison has been deactivated for about... 30 years now? There's hasn't been prisoners there since the, the mid-60s. Shall we go and procure the time stone? As you wish, master. So, so now you're Thanos? Fool! Who is this Thanos, and how has he procured the time stone? Why have you not mentioned this to me, Bobbit? I am sorry, my liege. Please, you may whip me. I hereby give you 1,000 lashings. Ow, my liege. Forgiveness. Angus, Angus, please stop. This, this is getting very uncomfortable and very creepy. Dr. Jeremiah, this Thanos person has taken the time stone from our realm. Tell me, why should I not... Punish the weakling who allowed this to happen. Because Thanos isn't real. What do you mean this Thanos isn't real? You told me he procured the Time Stone. Angus, we'll get to the MCU in a near distant future. You are forgiven for now, weakling, but I will tell you this. There will not be mercy if someone from another realm procures our artifacts. As you wish, my lord. Now go clean yourself up. The blood is smearing all over the floor right now. As you wish, my master. Oh man, poor Jesus is really gonna have to clean up all this blood. <sighs> so I do need to ask you one more thing, Doctor. Your overall thoughts of the movie. Well, Angus, director Michael Bay has an unfortunate bad reputation in Hollywood right now for putting out low common denominator macho alpha bro action movies. But myself, however, I have a small amount of respect for the man and his filmmaking decisions in the late 90s and early 2000s. His films aren't masterpieces. His films won't be nominated for any writing Oscars or acting Oscars. But the man knows how to put out fun, entertaining movies that rakes in the big bucks. 
here in the U.S. alone, when The Rock came out, it made $134 million and a worldwide budget of $334 million. And my thoughts and opinions are that this movie is one of the most action-packed action movies of the late 90s. Uh, the acting's over the top. The special effects are over the top. But that's kind of Michael Bay's signature style is over-top acting and over-top action scenes and explosions. And I've, like I said, it, I've always appreciated that he wanted to do that and he knew what people wanted to see. And for Nicolas Cage being such an over-the-top actor to begin with, his performance was very good in this movie and almost kind of subdued and normal. So one of my all-time favorite things about this movie was actually the storytelling. Now, once again, Michael Bay is not really known for story structure, quality characters in the late 2000s, the treatment of his female characters and female actresses, his shameless product placement. Okay, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little too off-brand right now. But this was pretty, this is a pretty generic, straightforward, simplistic story, but it worked because it had a beginning, had a middle, had an end. I fully endorse this movie with the Dr. P.F. Jeremiah seal of approval for a quality hangout movie with your boys, or in my case, my interdimensional demonic roommate and his interdimensional second hand. I, of course, have a very neutral opinion. I have looked upon some of these trailers on your YouTube, and I must say, this Michael Bay has some masculinity issues. First off, he hires these very, what is the right word, perpetuating women who like to go and flaunt themselves on the trailers. And all he does is overflaunt them. He needs to treat women with respect and the honor they deserve. And I can also tell you that his action movies, they have no significant plot. These are brainless. These are something that I literally fell asleep through. I had to watch this seven times. And you know what? I loathe the fact that I fell asleep through these movies. But you know what? I felt nothing for these characters. There was no intricate plot development for these characters. There was no character growth. These were just men trying to flop themselves off. And say, oh, I have this power, I have this power, I'm this bad jocularity. But, I will tell you this, the explosions that he uses in all of his movies, what is the point of them? Explosions are nothing more. What? They're really cool. They're pointless. Some of these explosions are impossible. Angus. What? The explosions are once again... Very cool. Tomato, tomato, doctor. They're cool. They are not cool, doctor. They are a fiery explosion. Do you not know what cool is? Cool is something of subdued temperatures. You do not know the meaning of cool. I cast a snowstorm in your chemistry lab for all of which to suffer. <laughs> Oh, man. Verukta Enuma Sloga! Oh, God. The cleaning crew is really going to hate me now. Why are you make? Why are you doing this to me? Oh, not, Doctor. This only lasts for a minute. 
Yeah, but they're gonna have to pick up all- they're gonna have to shovel all this snow now. The snow will melt, the temperatures will rise again! You're running a Bunsen burner, you'll keep warm! Miguel's got a bad back, you really shouldn't have him do this. I don't care about him. Hey, hey. He's got kids to take care of. <clears throat> so does Bobbit! He has his army to take care of, and we don't even know what he thinks of this film! Well, I'm glad you asked. Robert, what were your thoughts of The Rock? I found it very slow going. The anticipation of seeing thousands of people die, although you get to the end and nothing happens. The only real thing I was curious about is the orb he took at the end, and then in the middle of the fight, it didn't break until he shoved it in the guy's mouth. What is this glass made of? that could withstand a fight like that and just shatter in a man's mouth. Well, Robert, that's what we call plexiglass. These humans are able to make a couple of unique things here in this realm. Their technology is not completely useless. Master, we must find this plexiglass. I'm sure we can use it to conquer this world. Well, Robert, if you're up for the adventurous journey... We can get the plexiglass from Corning, New York, where our glass is made. And how far is that from us now? Let me look it up on my magical information device. He's going to look up on his phone. Yes, Dr. Jeremiah is teaching me the unique features of this phone. Is that too, Master, hooked up to this internet? Yes, this internet is worldwide and completely transparent. I have not been able to grasp this internet. I'm hoping with our spells we are able to capture it and bring it to our home realm of Grandaria. And according to your map, it is three hours and 32 minutes away. We shall arrive there at 7.55 p.m. Ah, a gracious adventure. I shall visit this corning wire. <laughs> Yes, let us go. Bobbit, what is happening to you? Why are you disappearing? I don't know about... I must be being summoned. I forgot that the spell that we casted only lasts for a handful of hours. Bobbit must have went back to the home realm of Grandaria. I hope we are able to bring him back again one day for another episode of Dr. Jeremiah and his infernal roommate. I swear, it gets weirder and weirder whenever I do stuff with you, Angus. other news today, a dinosaur has been loose in Troy, destroying buildings and causing much carnage. People have been fleeing the scene in fear of being crushed or eaten. The damage done in the city has been catastrophic, and it continues into the downtown area as we speak. Police have been working tirelessly to handle the safety of the citizens, as there's not enough manpower to do anything to stop the beast. As of right now, they are waiting on reinforcements. 
We do have someone in the air right now assessing the scene as it unfolds. We're going to turn it over to Tom, who can hopefully give us some insight into the situation unfolding. Tom, what can you tell us right now? We are currently flying over downtown Troy, where we, I can't believe what I'm seeing. It appears a giant T-Rex is on a rampage. It has destroyed multiple homes and businesses as it travels southbound. There is utter chaos as people are fleeing in terror. We're going to go in for a closer look. Oh no, I think it's noticed us. It's grabbing hold of the helicopter. Oh god, we're going down. Tell my wife I love her. Don't worry, the dinosaur will be gone within the next hour. Tacos, doctor. <sighs> Angus, tacos sound pretty good right now. What up, audience? This is Jeremy. Hello, hello, hello. This is David. We want to give a special shout-out to our special guest star on this episode, Goose. Goose is amazing. We are so thankful that we were able to have him on our show. Why don't we let him say a couple of words? Hey, everybody. Goose here. I'm co-creator of COJ Roleplaying, and I brought a friend with me to like to say a few words. Nofri here. You've probably heard of me. I'm a famous dwarven gladiator. There's nothing I like more than a good, entertaining fight. I'll fight anything. I'll fight skeletons. I'll fight giant spiders. I'll fight goblins. I'll fight dire wolves. I'll fight giant rats. I'll fight lizard folk. I'll fight dragons. I'll fight zombie owl bears for some reason. I'll fight those five things and anything else. I love a good fight. Follow my adventures, and some other folks, on the COJ Roleplaying Podcast, available on all the podcast networks. Check Linktree slash COJ Roleplaying and tell your friends to listen too. So make sure you give uh, the COJ Roleplaying Podcast a listen. And remember folks, this is only meant for entertainment. Have yourselves a lovely day.